The world is changing fast, but you can learn it at a slower pace. Special English. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reid in Beijing. Here's the news. China's first domestically built large cruise ship, Adora Magic City, has undocked in Shanghai. The cruise ship, measuring some 323 meters in length, with a gross tonnage of 135,500 tons, can accommodate up to more than 5,200 passengers. Collaboratively designed and constructed by Cruise Technology Development, affiliated with China State Shipbuilding Corporation and Shanghai Waigaoqiao Shipbuilding, the cruise ship is expected to be delivered by the end of this year. With a total of over 2,800 cabins, the cruise ship is a modern maritime city. It is equipped with living and recreational facilities, including a medical center, theater, gym, and basketball court. Emergency treatment can be carried out on board as the medical center is installed with basic operation facilities such as the shadowless lamp. Both Wi-Fi 6 and mobile 5G networks are available on board. The ship will be used on routes to Japan in Southeast Asia, with Shanghai as the home port. Medium and long routes may also be launched in the future to take travelers to destinations along the Maritime Silk Road. This is Special English. The new site of the National Natural History Museum of China has been unveiled in Beijing. The new location along the south of Beijing's central axis covers 57,700 square meters. Without revealing when it will open to the public, Vice Mayor of Beijing Yu Yingjie believes the new venue will become a landmark along the central axis. The museum's director, Meng Qingjin, says that with a collection of more than 372,000 historical and current artifacts and a history of more than 70 years, the facility will expand its collection actively play an increasingly important role in scientific research, develop diversified learning programs, and deepen 
International Communication. Emma Nardi, president of the International Council of Museums, notes in her video message to the event that museums play a key role in promoting the harmonious relationship between nature and humans and inspire the public to embrace long-term sustainability and protect the environment for future generations. To mark the inauguration, the exhibition entitled Curator's Choice Collections, Preserving the Past for the Future, opened to the public, showcasing the history of the museum over the past seven decades. In March 1951, the Ministry of Culture and the Chinese Academy of Sciences established a preparatory committee to build the museum and in January 1959, it was opened to the public. In 1962, it was named Beijing Museum of Natural History, and in January this year, it was renamed the National Museum of Natural History. A public contest for the museum's logo design also kicked off and is due to last through August 4th with a winning of 50,000 yuan, about 7,000 U.S. dollars. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reed in Beijing. Australia's Bureau of Meteorology has shifted its El Nino outlook from watch to alert, suggesting that there is a 70% chance of an El Nino event developing this year. A Bureau's senior climatologist, Catherine Ganter, says that the models show that it is likely the tropical Pacific Ocean temperatures will reach El Nino levels during winter, and they have seen some movement in the atmosphere towards El Nino conditions. Ganter says while the El Nino alert criteria have been met, these changes will need to strengthen and sustain themselves over a longer period for the researchers to consider an El Nino event. During El Nino, there is a higher chance of drier weather in eastern Australia and is more likely to be warmer than usual for the southern two-thirds of the country. But Ganter notes that even if an El Nino develops, its impact can vary depending on where people live, as well as from event to event. On June 1st, the Bureau of Meteorology 
released its winter-long range forecast, noting that large areas of Australia are likely to see below-average rainfall along with warmer temperatures from June to August. The change in the status from El Nino Watch to El Nino Alert didn't affect the long-range forecast by the Bureau. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reid in Beijing. During high tide, swaths of mangrove trees form a green sea over a vast wetland in South China's Hainan province. And when the tide ebbs, their crisscross roots protrude out of muddy land. Such is the beauty of the Hainan Lingshui Mangrove National Wetland Park, located in Lingshui Li Autonomous County in the southern province of Hainan. The coastal park is home to various coastal river, and artificial wetlands, with 21 types of mangrove trees thriving there. However, just a few years ago, the area presented a strikingly different picture compared to its current state. Ling Shui's deputy mayor, Wang Qi Lin, says in the past, there were a lot of messy fish ponds, and local fishermen just discharged waste water into the lagoons where the park is located, which severely damaged the local mangrove forests. In recent years, authorities in Hainan have taken a variety of measures to enhance the protection of the trees. From 2016 to 2021, the province transformed 2,777 hectares of ponds into wetlands, with newly planted mangrove forests reaching about 1,400 hectares. According to the latest figures from the Provincial Department of Natural Resources and Planning, by the end of last year, the province planted and restored mangrove trees totaling about 717 hectares through centrally funded restoration projects. In various localities of Hainan, wetland restoration work keeps going, with Ling Shui investing 760 million yuan, about 107 million U.S. dollars, in ecological restoration since 2016. To date, over 700 local fishing families 
have voluntarily restored their fish-raising farms to their natural state as part of mangrove forest conservation efforts. Meanwhile, authorities compensated local fishermen with money while also offering them jobs as forest patrollers for additional income. Similar measures have been taken in places such as Wancheng, where the mangrove area has reached 187 hectares after restoration. Zhang Changzhi, who works with the Haikou University of Economics, says that to enhance conservation efforts, it is important to map out guidelines for wetland protection and rural revitalization and set up standards in wetland protection. Typically composed of evergreen trees or shrubs, mangroves grow in intertidal zones on tropical and subtropical coasts. Dubbed coast guards, they play a vital role in purifying seawater, mitigating the impacts of wind and waves, and maintaining biodiversity. In Hainan alone, the coastal cities and counties, including Haikou, Wancheng, and Danzhou, boast a substantial expanse of mangrove forests, spanning approximately 6,549 hectares. These regions encompass the majority of the mangrove areas in the province. This is Special English. Join our global network to connect with the world. Follow us at CGTN Radio on Facebook or Twitter. Or visit us at radio.cgtn.com. With a history of 5,000 years, it's no surprise that China has created a fabulous treasury of folk tales. Once a year, on the seventh day of the seventh month, all the magpies fly up to heaven and form a bridge. So many amazing worlds to discover. I want a new palace, said King Mu of Zhou one day. Chinese folk tales retold for audiences today. Will, will you marry me? He asked. And with little hesitation, she said, <laughs> Yes! 5,000 years of amazing Chinese folk tales. My father must not go to war. Someone must take his place. You'll find Chinese Folk Tales Season 3, wherever you discover your favorite podcasts. This is Special English. A new batch of scientific experiment samples has been brought back to Earth with the return capsule of China's 
Shenzhou 15 manned spaceship from China's space station Tiangong. The samples have been delivered to the scientists of the space application system for subsequent research and studies. The space application system, along with the return capsule of the Shenzhou 15 spaceship, sent back the experimental samples of a total of 15 scientific projects. The samples, weighing more than 20 kilograms, will be used in life and material experiments. The scientists will conduct molecular biology, cell biology, in-orbit growth, and metabolism analyses on the samples in life experiments. The samples of the material experiments will be tested and analyzed in the laboratory to study the physical properties and chemical changes of the materials which are difficult to know in the ground gravity environment. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reed in Beijing. China is solidifying its leading position in the renewable energy sector as the country is projected to contribute nearly 55% of the worldwide increase in renewable power capacity in 2023 and 2024. That's according to a report from the International Energy Agency. The agency's latest renewable energy market update projects a significant surge in global renewable capacity additions, with an increase of 107 gigawatts this year, marking the largest absolute increase to date. The total renewable capacity is set to exceed 440 gigawatts by the end of this year. The report highlights the global expansion of renewables, with major markets worldwide experiencing dynamic growth. Europe is accelerating its renewable energy efforts as a response to the energy crisis, while the U.S. and India are also expected to witness significant increases in the next two years driven by new policy measures. Solar PV additions are projected to contribute two-thirds of this year's increase in renewable power capacity and are expected to continue growing next year. The report also anticipates a doubling of manufacturing capacity for all solar 
FPV production segments to 1,000 gigawatts next year, primarily led by China with increased supply diversification in the U.S., India, and Europe. Looking ahead, the report predicts a continued upward trajectory in renewable electricity capacity, reaching 4,500 gigawatts worldwide next year. This capacity would be equivalent to the combined power output of China and the U.S. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reid in Beijing. That's the end of this edition of Special English. To recap, I'm going to read one of the news items again at normal speed. Please listen carefully. During high tide, swaths of mangrove trees form a green sea over a vast wetland in South China's Hainan province. And when the tide ebbs, their crisscross roots protrude out of muddy land. Such is the beauty of the Hainan Lingshui Mangrove National Wetland Park, located in Lingshui Li Autonomous County in the southern province of Hainan. The coastal park is home to various coastal, river, and artificial wetlands, with 21 types of mangrove trees thriving there. However, just a few years ago, the area presented a strikingly different picture compared to its current state. Lingshui's deputy mayor, Wang Qiling, says in the past, there were a lot of messy fish ponds and local fishermen just discharged wastewater into the lagoons where the park is located, which severely damaged the local mangrove forests. In recent years, authorities in Hainan have taken a variety of measures to enhance the protection of the trees. From 2016 to 2021, the province transformed 2,777 hectares of ponds into wetlands, with newly planted mangrove forests reaching about 1,400 hectares. According to the latest figures from the Provincial Department of Natural Resources and Planning, by the end of last year, the province planted and restored mangrove trees totaling about 717 hectares through centrally funded restoration projects. In various localities in Hainan, wetland restoration work keeps going, with Ling Shui investing 760 million yuan, about 107 million U.S. dollars, in ecological restoration since 2016. To date, over 700 local fishing families have voluntarily restored their fish-raising farms to their natural state as a part of mangrove forest conservation efforts. Meanwhile, authorities compensated local fishermen with money while also offering them jobs as forest patrollers for additional income. Similar measures have been taken in places such as Wenchang, where the mangrove area has reached 187 hectares after restoration. Zhang Changzhi, who works with the Haikou University of Economics, says that to enhance conservation efforts, it is important to map out guidelines for wetland protection and rural revitalization and set up standards in wetland protection. Typically composed of evergreen trees or shrubs, mangroves grow in intertidal zones on tropical and subtropical coasts. Dubbed coast guards, they play a vital role in purifying seawater, mitigating the impacts of wind and waves, and maintaining biodiversity. In Hainan alone, the coastal cities and counties, including Haikou, Wenchang, and Danzhou, 
boast a substantial expanse of mangrove forests spanning approximately 6,549 hectares. These regions encompass the majority of the mangrove areas in the province. This is the end of today's program. I'm Tony Reed in Beijing, and I hope you'll join us every day to learn English at a slower pace. Thank you.